0: Welcome to the J2 Hub podcast, where we focus on everything from property development, hot entrepreneurially business topics, and real-life scenarios facing business owners just like you and I. Brought to you by James Sohota, we bring you exciting real-life property, business and entrepreneurially related hot topics, and that little bit more. So, welcome everyone, property duo. James, uh... Let's start with some updates. What, uh, as you know, maybe I start because your updates are going to lead us into the topic of Mm -hmm. your thing.
1: Um, how has your week been, sir? G?
0: You've been uh, traveling a
1: lot this week, haven't you? You've been up and down.
0: No, I just came up to Birmingham and I've been here. So, all right. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, it's good, mate. It's, um, things are progressing. I managed to get plaster 30 bags of plaster. Um, 12 pound a bag, which I mean look, they're normally that's not bad at all. Given the market, I mean it could have been worse. Um so yeah, when I saw the picture, I was so happy. Um so yeah, that's awesome. Got some got some plaster, which means jobs can now move ahead and we can slap that chocolate on the walls. Love the smell of plaster. Um but it's taken so long to get to this stage. Um I've had a flip that I'm selling needs a total re re piping. Um because it had leaks
1: in it. Is that the one where you showed mysterious pipes and you just lift them up and they weren't connected to anything? Yeah. Wow, did the guy
0: actually think he could get away with that? That was Fat Mark. That was when he took the boiler. (laughs) So he did that. Obviously he did he did that quality of work as well. So um Fat Mark really chanced it, right? Yeah. Um but again the builder owes me now and he's he's basically covering and paying for stuff. So yeah, it's fine. Um, but all the carpets had to be taken up upstairs. Um, gas man's going tomorrow to repipe it all because there's basic- basically there could be leaks anywhere throughout it. Now, really, mm-hmm. this is my problem because now I've learned the first thing I should do, and I will do in any property I buy, get the sparky in, get the gas engineer in, and say, look, tell me what the deal is. Give me the lowdown, you know, and you can come back when you need to. But give me the lowdown. So that's a lesson for people: always get the utility people, those two, yep. Yep. in first. Um, obviously, it would have been a lot easier to repipe it with the p- carpet wasn't down. Plus, there wouldn't be any stains, and some stain block needed, and the viewers wouldn't be like, "Why is it stained?" So, a few problems, um, but it's kind of all f- being fixed and sorted as we speak. Um, but of course who wants to do that? Who wants to have to lift up all the carpets and do all that shit? It's no, not, no. um,
1: just Mohid commented that he had something go wrong this week with builders. So hold that question, man. I think that'd be a nice one to cover. Get you, get you on the conversation. Mm. Um,
0: so yeah, man, that, that's that, that's that other stuff is getting plastered and, and moving along. I have tenants moving in tomorrow because I bought a new boiler and, um, it decided to break a new boiler. So just before we're doing the gas, a day before they're moving in, obviously it breaks. And then the company raven, he took five days to send someone out. They fixed it. They claimed it wasn't actually um, a boiler issue. It was some leak or something, but they fixed it for free. You know why they did that? Why is that? Because I'd already pre-left them a bad review. Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> yeah, I said this is <laughs> terrible. You, <laughs> you know, I've had to buy all these extra parts for this boiler. It didn't come with a filling loop. Okay, how do you put water in a boiler then? It didn't come with a testing port in the for the flue straight header. It didn't come with a bracket on the wall, and there was some other part, And they were just like, "Yeah, you got a. Oh, right, we'll just fashion a bracket then, shall we? Um, but well, I guess I guess this is what happens when you buy a
1: non-branded boiler, right?
0: What well, actually, actually, yes. I now only buy... Uh, what I, I'm buying mains now. Um, I have you had an Ariston before. That's a, good, that's a good cheap boiler. Uh, <laughs> it's actually used the same parts as a Baxi, which I think is like double the price, <laughs> so you can go do one. Um, I've always wondered if a
1: Baxi was made by a sink. you know, because it's a Sikh surname, isn't it? Baxi. Never, I've never heard someone called Mr. Baxi. You've never heard Buxi. Buxi Saab. Buxi Doctor Saab. <laughs> no,
0: Buxi. You've never
1: I've
0: heard never. of Buxi. <laughs> no. Come on, man. Come X, on. X doesn't like exist in the Gurmukhi alphabet. So Buxi it- is a proper proper name, man. Oh, B A K S I. Yeah, 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 yeah. Buxi. Buxi is Buxi, isn't it?
1: Exactly, but it's spelled. Oh Buxy. wow! I
0: leaped Buxi all the way to Buxi. I like what a big extrapolation that was. Uh, oh, um. So yeah, that was annoying. And the tenants are now being moved in on fr- tomorrow on Friday, which is good. Um, and yeah, just just lots of stuff, you know, like uh, one of the flips. Um, I'd love to use a Worcester Bosch, mate, but that'll cost as much as plaster in the whole bloody house. Um, you,
1: the, you get all the extra bits of it. By the time you add it up, you're probably at the same place, aren't you?
0: No, if you get a main or backseat that has a five-year, eight-year warranty, same thing, innit? And it's about 520 for a 30 kilowatt which is pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I've had a few problems there and, and whatnot. Um, also, one of my houses has a stream underneath it or a brook. So literally when you're in the garden, you can just see the water like sort of like just moving along. So we've wow. had to work on some drainage to make sure it doesn't destroy the foundations. Although it's been there for 120 years or whatever, and it hasn't actually got any movement. So yeah, yeah it's actually been pretty decent. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much my my week um yeah how
1: about you james so you look quite you look quite sad man it's the last episode and all that and you're like it's like you need a hug right i'll give you a virtual no, I'm like... hiding
0: i'm hiding my excitement oh no the best highlight of the the five of like, everything went to nanda's yesterday eat in and actually the table was quite big so it was quite well distanced um 50 percent off you know i yeah, got a whole chicken
1: I saw your plates, man. I saw that even the ladies. The ladies were going in hard as well, you know. Everyone, they
0: have a- literally everyone got a sharing platter for one. So you looked yeah. around the table. It was just like, wow. Mate, whole chicken, four sides and halloumi fries for the same, less than I normally get a half chicken. I mean, I was so excited. I just didn't know how to, I just, I couldn't. <laughs> it was amazing. So... Yeah, that's the highlight of my week. Really, is yeah, going to. Yeah, under- I, was, I was
1: I was looking at the table and I was seeing plates bigger than girls' heads. You know, some of the ladies there week. with you. It was a massive place. and you must have been really excited because you walked out without a TED Talks T-shirt, just a plain <laughs> yellow T-shirt. That's <laughs> unlike you.
0: Yeah, it peeled off in the excitement. But yeah, it was good to see everyone. Good to get to like catch
1: up with people. Um, so yeah, that's my week. James, how about you? I've had a great week, man. Yeah, great week uh, pissing around with builders, really, and. Um, uh, I've been I've been absolutely amazed how people quote stuff, man. And I did a post on it the other day that got quite a lot of engagement, actually. Um, I've been wondering, do they just do this? How much are we going to charge? Which way is the wind blowing? Because I can't believe it. How can somebody quote, say, 80 grand for a job and then someone quote 180 grand for a job? Where is the flipping logic in all this, man? And a lot of those ones that are pricing high, They don't really want to give you a breakdown or an itemized bill, which is a big no-no for me straight away. So one guy comes back anyway with an itemized bill, and I'm looking down it, and I'm thinking, what the hell? Four and a half grand to do this, 10 grand to do this, and I'm thinking, oh my God, you must really think I'm fresh off the boat, and I've just arrived from India, you know? I just got here last week, because some of these guys, man, I'm still trying to work out how they quote stuff. So yesterday, I actually took it upon myself. I thought, you know what? I've got some experience in quoting bits. I'm gonna have a word with a project manager that I know, and I sat there and I quoted the whole job myself. Now, from st- I'm talking from start to finish to getting it ready, you know, for to photograph. So, it absolutely, start to finish. And my quote, this includes all furniture, nice furniture from one of those furniture companies, and all that, all the paint. My quote came in at 116. Some of those guys quoting 185, dude, that wasn't even complete. That was just to kind of like paint stage and I've got to put the floors in I've got to do the furniture so you can imagine where I'm going to be at cost maybe closer to 200 yeah so I'm thinking I've come in sub 120 and I've been very very conservative with stuff here you know I've overestimated a lot of stuff I've let a lot of contingency in there so it got me thinking no man I can't just hand this over to uh... <laughs> your dad's comment made me laugh there the twins are high.
0: no definitely not no
1: yeah 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 i was gonna say i'm a better looking one anyway anyway (laughs) (laughs) so um it got me thinking you know what maybe because this house is only 200 meters away from my house i need to i need to project manage this myself otherwise this budget is gonna go crazy man like way out way out it's gonna be crazy 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 so i decided i've got two master builders i'm gonna work with now um and we're gonna bring in we're going to bring the gas trade um, separately, bringing the electric separately, and it's it's working out so well, you know. And I would urge people when you're doing this kind of thing, man, don't just jump to flipping. Con- don't jump for the first quote because you'll find it's going to be um, massively different, man. People are massively different in terms of price. So I spent most of my week putting my trades team together, and I would urge everybody to do this every so often. Just to, you know, make sure you've got enough handy men. You can never have enough handymen. Make sure you've got enough people that can deal with gas, electrics, and compile an Excel chart and touch base with them every so often, you know, because it's better to have, say, 10 people that can do electrics for you than having one person and he's fully busy, you know, so update your trades team. So, yeah, this week's been pretty much about updating the trades team and, and trying to get this job started, so I'm very, very close. I didn't want to rush it because I didn't want to make mistakes and lose money. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's been pretty much my week so far.
0: And I think also we're we trying to organize the five-day HMO property duo experience with the refurb. So it's kind of like we're having to find dates that work for the people who have signed up already and that will be open for others, but also fit in with your builders and mm. then their inevitable delay. So it's quite a, yeah, we didn't, we didn't make hey, it listen, my,
1: my My builders are fitting in with the five-day schedule. It's not the other okay, way around. That's how so. important this is.
0: Well, I bloody wow. hope so. But you know, in like the Excel spreadsheet is a good point because I have like a list like that for sort of every single trade and a few numbers and who recommended them and things like that and links to their Facebook pages and all that stuff. But I also have a red list, which is never work with these dickheads. Um, oh, because wow. Of That's good. Personal experience or because of, you know, I've seen them do other work or other people have told me or, you know what I mean, or they've taken them to court or so I've got a red list that, I you know, I just know if that name ever comes up or, you know, I just know never to go to them. Or if someone recommends them, I'm like, interesting. Um, when these people come to you with like 160, that lady who came to you with her official title, um, what did you reply and say, Are you a, is this a joke? Or did you just ignore?
1: Um, I kind of did what you said to do. And I just typed back by exclamation mark. And that was it. <laughs> did you? <laughs> actually? I, I actually did that because I got so pissed off because I thought, you Lady Marcella, whatever your name is, man. You haven't even been to see the site and you're quoting this amount of money. How are you get into this figure? And there was another guy, man, another guy who's kind of like, yeah, before I come out and look at this job, I'm going to be in this kind of range. And it's like, how can you even say that without looking at it? You don't know what access is like. You don't know where skips are going. You don't know what toilet facilities are like. You don't know how deliveries are going to be stored. You don't know what road access is like, parking's like, all this. How can you just quote? Uh, you can tell a chancer, you know, when someone's quoting you a job and their profile picture is in a nice suit with a tie, you should think to yourself, this guy, man, he's, he's probably going, hmm, Indian man with a beard, I'm going to do this guy. I'm going to do this guy hard. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, Lady Marcella, I basically turned around and said to her, bye. And she replied and she goes, I think you might have missed some of your message off. So she <laughs> kind of en- she engaged in a conversation with me. And I said to her, I said, listen, I said, you are way overpriced. You know what her labor was? Per bathroom, what? Per ensuite. Now, gr- remember these bathrooms are one point nine meters by one meter. They're tiny ensuite. Six thousand pounds per ensuite labour.
0: I mean, I know we're in
1: London, but that's that's still that ridiculous. And she goes, "Ah, uh, you know." She goes, "We get twenty-nine. What was she saying? We do a small extension for thirty-nine I'm thinking, how big small? And she's talking like three by four or something. And I, I she was just like, you know she was way out there with pricing i and she couldn't really back anything up, so I kind of thought to myself, you know what i, I can't I can't be using this, this this woman man. It was nice to see um how she came back with her price, but you know, you saw it on Instagram when I did that post, dude, it was four lines. How the fuck are you gonna ask someone for one six five one seven five, or whatever it is with four lines? you know at least if you're going in with that kind of money. least take the time to prepare a flipping you know an excel chart make it look pretty make the look quote look nice if it's full of bullshit at least try and make it look good so that when it arrives on the client's table he thinks actually you know what they've taken a lot of time to do this maybe they're a good firm and yeah yeah so it was it was all kind of you know up in the air I was talking to my mum about it the other day and I said and she's like what how much and I think she's out of tune obviously because she hasn't done a renovation for a while so Plus, her tenants are, tend to be builders, so when stuff goes wrong, she's just like, okay, I'll give you one month rent free, just do bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> You know, She does a negotiation level like that, so she's pretty she's really cool like that, but she was pretty shocked at labour costs. That biggest has been labour, really, on the bills. Classic. Uh, everything
0: else. Yeah. yeah. Raj, Raj Kieran says, the thing is that these people will quote and hope the client has no idea, simply says yes. All it takes for one out of ten to say, let's proceed, and then they'll do it, and they'll probably rip that person off. And they'll keep going. Um, I mean, I think if you didn't know what you were doing, and you just got one quote, yeah, maybe you know you'd be that one out of ten. But I think any of us, we know it's like minimum three quotes from different kinds of builders with maybe different kinds of review. Like you want to kind of get as varied as possible. But the thing is, though, from a builder's perspective, they're not always going to give you a breakdown at first. Like, yeah. But then I also don't understand <coughs> how they've made the total without their own breakdown. So they like oh literally that because with my builder even the one i've worked with over four or five deals he won't i mean he'll give me a rough quote because he knows i won't take it as like this is written you know i'll just say what's the ballpark he'll say this but he'll say look i'm not giving you exact price until i see it myself and i see all the things you discussed And we've done five deals together so mm-hmm. even now he's like nope I'm not giving you anything in writing properly until I go there and I see it. So yeah, yeah, you you want that from a builder. Um, and look, yeah, a lot are going to say I'm not bo- I'm not going to come bother seeing it, blah, blah blah. So maybe to kind of I don't know because you, I guess we have to see from their perspective. They get loads of people saying give me a quote, give me a quote. And so it's like yeah, you know they shouldn't be dicks and just send it like that or over text like you. But got, you know blah. you know
1: what it is, Ted. I made it very very easy for them. So you got to remember. I've, I've had full-on architect's drawings done. I've had the whole building laser scanned with the guys on the road doing a proper survey. So the building is within, you know, tolerances. It's been completely measured, so I've saved them that job. Then I've had an architect design the whole thing with sizes. I've then had the structural guy, you know, carry out all the calculations. I've got building regs ready. I've got a schedule of works, which is about 24 pages long, so they don't even have to go in and list what needs to be done. I've made it so easy for them. Like, you know, I've said to them, like, when you quote my job, here's a Dropbox link. Have a look at this. There's pictures in it. It shows you. There's a lot of information there. So I've given them all this. And I think that's quite a nice little tip for people when you're trying to get a quote. Give your builder as much information as you can because it, he then realizes, look, you're not a bullshitter. You know, you, they know you're not a bullshitter. And you know what? Another little tip I would tell you if you own a house in a nice part of town, don't tell them you own it. Because they soon... I've had this. A few of the builders have been like, oh, this is a lovely house. Uh, you own it, Mr. James. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, it must be this amount of money. And then you think, why are you fucking asking me that, man? What are you going to charge me? Like, Have you got like a Indian price list? Or have you got like a, a, a kind of a nice end price list and a cheap end price list and a Wasteman price list? Like, Give me the Man price list price, man. I want, them, I want them good prices. But, you know... They start asking you, do you own this? And I've realized, why are these guys asking me? And the ones that were the highest quote areas, the highest quoted um, build cost, were the guys that were asking, Do you own the property? How long you had it? So they're fishing for information, man. You just need to come there, turn around and say, No, nah, you know what? My uncle owns it. I just work for him. Don't that just that's it. Yeah. Don't I even think, let on yeah. that you own
0: it. <clears throat> I think that's a good idea. I mean, like, it's it's obvious when they ask, like, they're not doing it out of interest, they're doing it to say okay, you got money in it. Oh, how much you bought this for? <gasps> Half a mil. Okay. Put the yep. price up. Let me add the little percentage. Now he's in the higher bracket. Let me add a percentage for it. So I think you have to kind of play a little dumb, especially on the first job with them. Um, mm-hmm. For them to under, you know what I think also though, if you have another person involved who's a decision maker, it can help you out in sticky situations because you can say, hold on, I have to go to the decision maker and you just go look in the mirror and have a chat. But sometimes, you know, having that person where you're like, look, hold on my investor or my owner's not happy with it it kind of i don't know sometimes it can just help you communicate stuff without looking like the bad guy yourself um, yeah, and just, yeah. especially on a, when it's the first time with someone as well it can soften it when you say oh look you know the owner's not happy Blah, 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 blah all this kind
1: of stuff um i think it can really help so yeah, yeah, but a, a positive on that as well, Ted, I had this morning at seven o'clock, I had a, a gas contractor turn up who wants to look at all the plumbing and all the gas works and the heating, you know, typical Essex lad been working, probably in the plumbing trade since he was 17, 18. He was hungry, man, you know, how he's hungry. He's looking at the job. He goes, yes, James, I fully understand the job. I know exactly what you want to do. He's like, you know what? I'll be totally honest with you. I would love to get a job like this. He goes, this would keep me and my lads busy for the next month. He goes, I'm going to get you a quote over straight away. And you know what? He goes, call me. He goes, if you feel the quote's too high, if you feel something's out of line, he goes, let's sit down and have a conversation. He goes, because like you, you want a good price. I want this job. He goes, and I know you've probably sent it out to five, six people, which is obviously right. But, you know, it was nice to hear that, that he's actually wanting to work with you to get the job, you know, so he's not there to rip you off. Whereas the other builders are just like, yeah, I'll just quote it for you. If I get it, I'll get it. If I don't, I don't. You know, there was no hunger. There was no like, yes, I want this. I want to get involved. Because as soon as you see that enthusiasm, you're like, okay, you know what, I like this. I'm, I'm liking this enthusiasm because he's going to enjoy coming in. And the fact that he said this would be a, a medium to big job for him and you'll really enjoy working on it.
0: I think that hunger is not is not found too often, but when you find it in anyone, in your solicitor, mm-hmm. in in anyone, it, it's weird though, because that should be the norm, because it's not, we're like, oh. And then it, it makes you want to work with them. And probably the people who are the hungriest, well, they get they eat the most, isn't it? To to put it simply. I've had, I've had a quote before where the, most quotes were coming in at 4,200, 4,000. It was to finish off a, a, a house. Um, one guy sent me a quote of, he said, oh, I can't match the, your quotes, Tej. Um, I can do it for 13 grand. And I said <laughs> the whole refurb from start to finish is costing 13 grand, not what's left. I said, can you give me a breakdown? No breakdown. And he comes recommended from people Um, and he admitted he said look i'm i am more expensive um you know i am but you know double triple um there's just no i didn't even want to break down because i was like there's nothing you can do unless you're gold plating my walls There's (laughs) nothing you can do that would justify that much of an increase because i know what's left and i know what labor costs and day rates are and all this stuff. I didn't really like him. Either. He was quite arrogant. So I, I was never going to work with him from the second I met him. <clears throat> but it was just interesting. I was like, wow, that is a huge, <laughs> huge difference. Like percentage wise.
1: I'll tell you something funny Yeah, So... There was another builder who quoted me, I think, one, 180, 180k, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to have six of my labourers on site. You know, I turned around and said to him, I got so annoyed with him. I said, okay, so you quoted me a premium price. And he goes, yes, he goes, I'm not the cheapest. I go, okay, so six labourers. I go, okay, I expect your labourers to be six foot three minimum, you know, built, six packs out, white teeth, nice fucking hair, wicked bodies, looking good. And he's looking at me like this, he goes, this is not a model show; it's a build. I said, but you're charging me a premium price. I want premium labourers. I want premium contractors. I want to turn up the site and I want to see guys that look like models because you're charging me a premium price. I don't want some fat European dude standing there smoking cigarettes and just mumbling and growling at me. You know, this guy did not know what to say to him. His face was just like this. You know, charge I mean, me a premium. Who, who I want premium. That? Exactly, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to play him at his own game. He keeps going on that he's more expensive, he's premium, he's got a good finish. And I thought, okay, all right, right. Labourers, you put down six x amount, like 150 pounds a day or whatever. It's stupid money. I said, okay, they got to be like this. And he did, it. he did not know what to do. Man, the guy walked out there puzzled as hell. <laughs> That's quite fun to try,
0: to troll them like that. I think the next time I get a silly quote, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to do a little James and troll them. Yeah, I like that um james so you know what as this is a as our last show i think we should maybe revisit some of the topics that we've covered maybe like a little tour of the duo what
1: do you Mm -hmm. think yeah yeah
0: i think you know one of my favorite topics that we covered um was mental health actually yeah
1: i'm with you man and i think
0: it, it got quite a it got a really good response from people i guess because you don't really talk about this you know what i mean like with people when you meet up you don't really say oh hey i'm i'm feeling like this or like oh i'm it's kind of just maybe it's more top level um especially at networking events as well you don't talk about things like this so james um you know lockdown is well over um has your sort of mental health got better or changed as things have become sort of more open in the world or is it kind of the same
1: I'd say it's been pretty constant, man, to be honest with you. It's been pretty good. Um, But, you know, there's been some real testing times as well. You know, when you're at home for this long, obviously, I've got two young children. And I've been – they've been off school since March. You know, look where we are now. And, you know, even for them, it's been pretty tough. Like, you know, I've seen my little one kind of talking to himself and, you know, just like – inventing new games and talking to imaginary characters so it must be difficult for everyone but yeah to start with it was a bit of yes we got a lockdown period I can really focus on some stuff and then it went through a period of like oh man you know what I don't really want to be working maybe I just want a little Netflix binge I don't want to do nothing your mind's telling you know just just chill and then it got to a point where it was like oh man I forgot what normality feels like now I've been in the house for so long you know I have some kind of routine but I'm literally waking up, working out, having a shower, eating breakfast, and I'm just going through the same thing day in, day out. And every so often you get out and you're like, "Ah, oh, I want to go back home now because I'm not used to this anymore. <laughs> you know, so mentally the emotions have been all kind of up and down. But um, I would say generally it's been pretty steady. But I've been reading around and it's, you know, a lot of people have said that, um, you know, it's ended relationships. It's been difficult for people people have moved out you know they've realized they really don't like their partner they realize they actually hate their kids and you know after 20 years of marriage they're they're off they're going to go and get one of james's hmo rooms you know so i'm going to advertise it as that as well you know covid covid split up specialist prices you know discount price oh god on
0: tv um (laughs) <laughs> I guess some of those things that are good. I mean, a relationship ending is never good, but also it can show you the reality of your reality that you may be ignored. So, you know, I guess there's always a positive or silver lining from this, which is, it shows you, and also it shows you people's true colors. You know, it shows mm-hmm. you like how oh, your yeah. suppliers are, how your solicitors, your bridges, how, how all your investors are during this time. Mm-hmm. It really does show their true color. So I think we have to have gratitude as well for it, yeah. you know, giving us time to actually be like, cool everyone is being assessed and we're all assessing each other and, and kind of seeing how we behave. I think, um, how's it been for you? Yeah. You know what? It's a, a lot. now that the gym's open, Mm -hmm. I'm back to normal. I'm still talking to myself and imaginary friends, but that ain't going to change. Um, but I think like, for me, the gym is like, so I don't listen to music at the gym. People think it's weird. I literally in silence. Um, and, like, for I'm me, like i'm
1: like you i can't do music but i could do an audiobook
0: I, I need for me the thing is for me gym is like meditation so in my head okay. in the gym is silent it's empty it's just focusing on like mind muscle and it oh, oh, but actually there's just nothing going on which is incredible like to to mm. be so meditative for so long so now i've got that back i'm a lot i'm feeling a lot better um, within myself, and now i 've got plaster, and now things are actually moving you know with some respect respectable pace um, and i 've had a, a you know a really good valuation. I had one that got valued last week at ninety thousand um, pounds in my spreadsheet, I had it at seventy seven thousand five hundred pounds
1: Wow, yeah. so you
0: can imagine how good, how much the deal has just become fucking incredible um the agent said no ted you'll be 85 minimum you're taking the piss and when i bought it i was like you know what i don't think it will be i'm gonna buy it off my spreadsheet but i'm still gonna buy it and this is like my favorite agent she's amazing And when when shaz called me and said ted um come back at 90 which is exactly what we put in the valuation pack i was like god is good god exists i was like yes think good things do happen you know um, it was, I, I didn't know how to behave. You know, when good things happen, you don't know what to
1: do because mm. you're like,
0: oh. There's,
1: there's that p- excitement for a small period of time. And then you, then you think, okay, I've got all this other shit to deal with still. Yeah, exactly.
0: But that was like, I know someone asked on, um in the questions, like how are people valuing at the moment? That was, that was, it wasn't an overvalue. I very much undervalued it, but it's pretty solid. And that same valuer, big up Neil, um, is valuing my house another house today of mine so <clears throat> it's probably worth about nine five. so i'm hoping he comes back in and delivers the truth as, as hey, you, like you,
1: you you better take nilesh out for some food man he's <laughs> gone from being nil to nilesh by <laughs> um
0: but yeah so hopefully that comes in okay so like yeah i think
1: um lockdown... but how are you okay so that's a good thing yeah that you've dealt with in your mental health but mm. how are you how you've been dealing with stuff like so let's say You had no plaster. Stuff's taking longer to do. You're sitting there thinking, I can't, I can't, this is way out of my control. I can't even do anything about it. How are you dealing with your emotions and your mental health
0: then? Yeah, good question. I think the key thing is, it's out of my control. And so I guess what I have to tell myself is, can I do something about it? Yeah, I can go on Facebook Marketplace, Gumtree, I can try to find some plaster. But if we can't sort it out, what can I do about it? Nothing. So... I, you know, I will do nothing. And I accept that. And I look at my spreadsheet and say, you know what, we're still within contingency for interest in terms of months going over. We're still, you know, we're still all good. Um, And just looking at the bigger picture now, if it wasn't all good and it was fucked, then it would be a lot harder. Right. I'm in the fortunate position that I pre-planned and I'm liquid and remortgages are coming in and things like that. You know, so I'm kind of like, my mental health is backed by the reality, which is we're good. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't, I mean, the only thing I could do is apply the same principle, which is if I can't change it, why get annoyed about it? You know, why worry before something's even happened um, when I actually can't change. And that is the hardest thing to do is to be like, okay, I can't change this. I have to just accept it. It is so difficult, especially when you're so far away because you think, Oh, if I was closer, you know, I could drive around to all the shops, try find some, try do this, or you know, and you probably could, and it'd probably be easier. Um, you no, know, yeah. I think
1: you've hit. I think you hit the nail on the head. People need to remember two things: two things that you've said there, and I live by those as well. If you can't do anything about it, don't worry about it. If you physically can't do anything about it, it's completely outside your control. Don't let it consume you. And the other thing is, don't get strung up on what ifs, because that's the biggest thing that really gets people down and gets them into a the hole. Is Oh, what if? What if my refinance comes in lower? So what? If it comes in lower, it comes in lower. You know, what if this happens? So what if this happens? What if plaster runs out? What, you know, there's always going to be something you're going to be able to do about it somewhere along the line. But what ifs are a big killer for people I see because they stand there and they keep asking themselves, What if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? You know, why don't you switch it up and say, What if everything does go great? What if my refinance does come back at 90 grand and not 77? You know, what if I do get plaster for five pounds a bag? You know, flip it up, and I think people spend too much time worrying about the what ifs and the stuff they can't control, and they put so much negative energy into that that they forget everything that's great on the opposite side,
0: yeah, I think also as humans, we sort of like negative, look at the news, look at what you know what we talk about, we like hearing this negative stuff going on, so I think we have to change how we're conditioned by society. To actually then think more positively, which again is is difficult. You know, we've had how many years of living in a society that is all about bad news, negativity, murders, things going wrong, blah, blah. blah instead of the few things that do go right, I think it is a few things. Got a question mm. here um, from orjula ninety six. Do you normally buy? Do you only buy your building materials yourself. Is it significantly cheaper you buying? Those items compared to your builders buying. I buy my kitchens, bathrooms, tiles, anything to do with swag. I buy all the other crap like paint and and plaster and plaster boards. They get because they
1: get discounts at their builders merchant. James, Mm. yeah, same thing. I mean, all I would do is let them buy it, but cross reference. Let the builder know that you're cross referencing prices all the time. You know, so if he's given you a bill and said he spent two thousand pound on this, I always used to go back to my PM and say, okay. So why have you charged me 54 pounds for this when I can buy it for 24 pounds? You know, when you're buying eight of the same items, it starts to add up. So, um, yeah, it all depends if you've got a PM and you're working at distance, let them buy the materials, but make sure your PM knows that you're checking prices and you're looking at stuff. So, you know, he knows that, um, you're on the ball as well. Cause generally when you're using a PM, you're going to be paying them 10% of the build cost. So some cheeky PMs might want to make sure the build cost is as high as possible because they're going to get more money, you know, but, don't let them do that, yeah. Some, you know, like for example, now if I'm managing this build myself, yes, I will have the master builder buying materials. But then there might be times where I'm looking at prices because I suppose it also depends on the size of the build. If the build's massive, you're making, you know, ten flats or something, then it might be an idea where you've got someone looking at pricing for you all the time. But yeah, yeah. a bit, of, a bit of both.
0: I think some builders will put a markup on it, and <clears throat> you know, sometimes you have to kind of say, well, look, they are going out and getting it, spending fuel on it maybe there's maybe there's an allowance you make or if you can get it delivered mm. to site for the same like for the original price just do that and at least it means less time for them traveling back and forth getting in queues you know because of covid and all this kind of stuff and excuses they make oh yeah it took me four hours to go get materials yeah all right um next topic i think james which people really liked was dun, 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 property education. Mm. so um obviously you and i are both anti bad training and anti-bad educators um, but we are pro-education in any form well, maybe not university but in any form we are pro-education that podcast actually for me I don't know if it's the same for you got quite a lot of listens probably the most
1: yeah yeah it was that and the mental health that was tying
0: yeah they both got great listens so um you know have you noticed anything lately any trends with lockdown and trainers or, you know, people giving lockdown
1: discounts or, you know, Corona, have you noticed anything? I I noticed it a lot when the bounce-back loans came out, you know. When people were getting bounce-back loans, there was a hell of a lot of like, hey, join our property calls, we're discounting it by this much, you know, run to the back of the room, bust up on our move and you can get it for X amount. You know, simple kind of things like that. But yeah, there was a lot of it going on, you know, and I think there was a lot of sharks as well. I think we spoke about a few people that were, you know, actually actively saying, you know, you don't have to pay your bounce-back loan, back. use it for property education. Now, that's not technically true although you can use it for property, uh, education, you still got to pay that shit back. You know, they're going to, yeah, just cause it's government backed, I reckon there's going to be a massive default rate, but no, you're going to have to pay it back. So yeah, since lockdown, I did see a lot of people pushing education more and, you know, a lot of bad trainers pushing education more. Cause I thought, cause, uh, uh, you know, they're probably sitting there thinking people at home, they've got wages coming in most of them, or they've been furloughed, or they've got some kind of grant or hardship fund. Um, what are they gonna spend it on? They're probably more inclined to put it towards some kind of training. And I think the guys that were heavily marketed that did a lot of the Facebook marketplace that did everything like that, I think were the guys that, you know, profited quite well out of their their, their kind of education services and they may not have been the best ones to go on. And you know, we've had it time and time again with people have said, Oh man, I went on this course, I went on this course, but I learned more in the Thursday morning for an hour with you guys, you know. The trainers must really hate us. Yeah. I mean well, I, I think... hate you.
0: Yeah, hate me, yeah. Everyone does. Um, there's, um, I think I haven't really noticed as much as I expected. I thought there'd be a lot of like lockdown discounts or, you know, Corona special one-offs, but like, I, I feel like the training community is being quite quiet during this period, which I don't know, may, maybe it's just what I see in my feed or what I've kind of seen, but yeah, like I haven't really felt like they've marketed it as much as I kind of thought they would, you know, like maybe there was damage control. Maybe they had lots of physical events booked in, so they had to change them, and maybe they were busy doing that. But I really, really expected, like, a, an outpouring of people offering stuff and, you know, like you said, looking to take advantage of the furlough and the fact that people have money laying around and stamp duty has gone or, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I didn't really see it, which I'm kind of... I don't really know how I feel if I'm... Like, if, like, I'm concerned that it means there's going to be a big resurgence again or if it means that, like... Their whole ethics have changed, because that would be a very good thing if if that is the
1: case. I I doubt that, man. Once a shark, always a shark. You know, I think what it is. A lot of them are hype boys. You know, so they like to hype up the room. You can't really hype up a Zoom call, can you? I suppose you can hype it to a certain degree, but you know, when you have got people in the room, you can strategically have people place their high fiving and saying how great it is, how this trainer saved my life. You know, I was about to lose it all, and he and he saved me. He's the Messiah. He came down from above and did some doo-doo-doo-doo on me and I was all good again, you know? You can't do that on a Zoom call. So I think a lot of them, they haven't been able to switch up their business model because a lot of these guys are, you know, they're scaremongering. They're using, what's it, NLP. They know how your brain working, how you're thinking and what they need to do through the course of 10 hours to sell to you. And it may be more difficult to do that on a Zoom call when you're sitting in your underpants on a nice, comfortable chair and you're in your own environment where no one can get through to you.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. It's like, yeah, the the ability to do it on a Zoom call, to sell on a Zoom call, especially when people are in the comfort of their own home, their credit card is not in their pocket. They're not in that heated, intense, excited environment. um, And you haven't got, you know, Amy in the corner. Oh, yeah, I I met James on a course and then he changed my life and he he told me and i got 10 HMIs in a week. They're, they're rent-to-rents, but now still making 10 grand a month now. The, the excitement isn't there, like you said. So it is very difficult to sell um, on Zoom. You can deliver on Zoom, but...
1: I'd, actually, I'd like to get 10 HMOs in a week.
0: Well, if people come on our five-day property tour experience, you won't get 10 HMOs in a week. <laughs> um <laughs> It's the reality, um, but yeah. Someone said uh, I think in October when furlough ends, they'll probably maybe start remarketing it more. People looking for something to do, quit their jobs. Oh, I hate you, boss! You fired me. You took me off furlough. I'm gonna go now be a property investor. So yeah, I see that. There's potentially something there. Um, Jim, do you man, think- I was
1: reading. I was reading the statistics on the amount of jobs that have already been lost. Man, twenty five, twenty five thousand jobs at Heathrow. Jesus Christ, man! And then you got. You know, what have you got? Um, Virgin Atlantic now bankrupt or declared, uh, you know, I've said we're going right. to go bankrupt. You know, some of the big brands falling. Then What is going to happen when people eventually get back to normality? How can an airline that's so old just be killed in so many months? I don't get it.
0: I mean, that's the, the how businesses are, right? Like that's, you know, that's, they don't have the cash to survive that long because you don't expect something like this. But there's also plenty of businesses that have survived you know? Mm. Um, and I guess maybe they're so big that it's such so, a, such a complex organization that it does rely on the income, which really nothing should stop it apart from pandemic, um, which hasn't happened for however many years where if people like us, we have the cash flow and reserves to see through it because our outgoings are not crazy, crazy. And we already have portfolios. Or if we don't, then we haven't got big outgoings. And so I think like they're so big that it's just so complex. I don't know I don't know you look at someone like Apple who has what how much in cash
1: reserves like billi- like multiples of billions
0: I you mean, know, they had, had
1: all their stores closed from literally April you know what I mean and all the staff it did well, how many job losses were there there I don't think there was many
0: yeah um so I don't know I don't know why I'm not an economist but <laughs> yeah it's interesting just seeing but it's weird though cuz all these job losses and all these companies I haven't seen them in the mainstream media Have you. No, which is weird. We're not being told of course. <laughs> how is it weird? They hide everything, but yeah, I find it strange that it's not a bigger thing because it is a pretty big thing in itself. What's happening in the world. Um, you know, I guess they're propping the economy up anyway with lots of printing money and stuff. So maybe they're trying to make it look more positive so that people don't go, ah, I need to start growing carrots in the back because Tesco's are going to close down and,
1: you know what I mean? Big up Indy, he grows carrots.
0: Yep, yeah, there, mate, he's oh, he's a proper farmer. His land is amazing. Um, Do you see the, the property, property training industry changing in sort of the next couple of years or months? Do you think there's going to be a major shift? Or do you think it will be business as usual? Or do you think maybe more online stuff will appear?
1: No, do you know what? It needs to change. It's due a shake-up because you can't just be delivering shit now, especially with the way things are going, if people are losing their jobs and they're looking for new avenues to go down and more and more people are going to look towards a property avenue, you can't deliver a shit course because people are going to start talking about it very, very quickly. You know, Whereas before, you might have got away with it, say you know, out of 100 people, maybe four or five would have said that wasn't very great. But I think if people are solely leaving jobs or they've lost their jobs and they're concentrating on areas of property and they're really putting you know a lot of effort into this education... If you've got something to shit, people are going to start to say, it, talk about it straight away, I feel. So I think it needs to a shift
0: up. Yeah, reputation management is big. And I think generally in any industry, and for any one of us, if you have a brand especially, reputation management is huge because people are way more confident to speak up about stuff. Um, and there's obviously certain groups of people online who are even more happy to lie and twist and things. So really... no matter how good you deliver, there's always going to be someone who didn't have the right mindset. They're going to whine and complain and blame you for it. Um, Or people who say, oh, you know, it wasn't good. They forgot 1% of the 100% I paid for or something. So firstly, you're always going to have that. But people are really not afraid to do a course and talk about it, negatively or positively. Um, Whereas before people were a lot more afraid to do it, there's a lot more strength behind it now. So if you are delivering anything, any product, any service it has to be good because people will leave you reviews. People will talk about you. People will, you know, and you don't know who people know and how big their networks are and how much it could affect your business. So reputation management is something that didn't used to be done really with these companies. And by some companies, it isn't still not done, you know, especially big, big ones, but it can, it can ruin you. You know, you look at some property trainers, reviews on trust pilot and stuff. If they haven't been removed um, or filled with fake reviews, they're bad. Look at like mm. one stars all over some of them are haters who just didn't bother doing anything with themselves but i know how many haters how many people who didn't bother versus how many people who were actually ripped off you know what i mean there's probably a lot more people who are ripped off um we've got an interesting point here uh gmax says a lot of healthy companies still go into administration um it's a great way to blag a restructure and get rid of dead weight yeah sounds about right Good excuse. Um, JSS Property says, any COVID conspiracy theories? Oh, James, you got any?
1: Uh, I saw a load of nonsense as far as I'm concerned.
0: Great. Thanks for that theory, everyone. That's James's theory. Nonsense.
1: Um, uh, that temporary morgue closed down near my house. You know that one they built. Oh yeah, yeah. All over the news. Yeah, it's temporary. It's just closed down now. Because like, everyone's adhering so well to lockdown. Um, as quick as it went up, it's just gone down. And yeah, it's really funny because you'd always get people trying to uh, um, uh, kind of jump up and try and uh, see what's over the top, and you just see security guards everywhere. Like you know, even drones. Like they were going crazy. Oh, wow. at people frying drones across the top. So yeah. Yeah,
0: But also the Nightingale Hospital in East London, did anyone actually attend that or did it get built and then shut down straight away? Because the media was very quiet about that after it happened. Yeah,
1: it it kind of disappeared quite quickly.
0: Yeah, interesting. Um, COVID conspiracy, you know what? I think there's definitely a hidden message or hidden agenda behind everything and anything the government does or we experience. I just don't know why, you know, because Corona, I mean, the government, I don't think they're afraid of killing people. They've got no problem doing that. So I'm not concerned of why they'd unleash something or, you know, I just don't know why you would. I know people always benefit from someone else's demise, you know, so if the economy crashes, someone benefits, some people benefit, but I just can't work out why, you know, why it would happen or why it would be purposely done or why the government would react badly. You know, yes, it will benefit pharmaceutical companies who have a vaccine, but they already are unethical and make loads of money. Plastic mm-hmm. manufacturers, maybe sanitary. But I mean, it's a pretty big thing to boost a small. So I just can't work out why. That's that's me. I mean, I think there is something behind it. Um, ordinary landlords cashless society. Everywhere now wants card transactions. Kill the cash and pay no and all pay tax. No cash in hand as cash is worthless. It- but then would they? In- but we all want a cashless society, really. Like everyone pays on cards. so wouldn't they just not? do all this bad stuff and then just i don't know i think it's quite extreme to just for a cashless society because we're heading there anyway like mm. we're always going there so yeah i don't know if someone can give me a why and keep giving me whys. i'll always listen and, and and think but um james do you think when you say this nonsense what do you mean expand on that
1: oh listen man it's like you say there's a hidden message behind this whatever's going on it's uh it's not you know all clear-cut. I feel that there's something they're trying to hide or there's something they're trying to do. And you know, like like you say, we're never going to be told about it because they'll lie to us about anything and they're quite happy killing people off and just pumping more money into society to keep it propped up. So yeah, I, I strongly feel, man, I strongly, strongly feel it's a cover-up for something and I reckon somewhere along the line it will come out. But I don't want to be one of those guys that sits there producing YouTube videos on COVID theories with Uncle James,
0: you know? <laughs> that, would be a, that would be a top seller, mate. Amazon best-selling book, that would be.
1: Don't try it, don't try it.
0: But um, ordinary landlord says, not some laborers, drug dealers, and illegal activities, they want cash, maybe. But Bitcoin is untraceable. You can buy drugs yeah. in Bitcoin. Uh, if you want an RPG, you go on the dark web and you can pay in Bitcoin. Whatever weird shit you want, you can get in Bitcoin. So it's already kind of cashless, um, Going on,
1: yeah, yeah. Or any
0: other type of um, cryptocurrency because it has value; it converts into the dollar or the pound. So, I think it's still. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not feeling the cashless society reason yet. James, let's do. Uh, JSS says, have we got any money in crypto? James, have you? Nope. I think I have like 200 pound in Bitcoin, 100 pound in Ethereum, and maybe like 300 quid in Ripple that I that I bought. <laughs> A year and a half ago, just dude. I've said
1: down. I've said it before. If I can't physically touch it and see it, I ain't interested in it. So all the money in your bank account, you can't physically touch it and see it. It's just a number on your screen. Listen, of course I can. I could go down and withdraw it all and physically touch it, couldn't I? And caress it if I wanted to. You can yes or
0: You can convert Bitcoin into dollars and pounds and then caress. Listen,
1: it. I don't, I don't, un- what I don't understand and I can't touch. I'm not into. Full stop. Let's not go any further. James is still
0: learning how fax machines work. So yeah, um, right so James let's do the last nine minutes let's I'm gonna tell your dad on
1: you (laughs) he'll
0: probably say yeah James is like that right so let's do a market not prediction let's do what 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 do we think about the market for the last nine minutes James where is property going should people be buying now is
1: there going to be a great depression or crash thoughts please I didn't want to have any money sitting around in my bank account, so I put it into property. Uh, I feel if we do have a major crash, okay, property will go up, it will go down, it will go up, it will go down, there will be that kind of cycle, but I needed to put it into something because I wasn't prepared to leave it in the bank. I feel... Um, we are going to be seeing more co-living coming along, more HMO spaces because it's going to get harder for people. If you're being furloughed or if you're losing your job, why would you want to be renting a one, two bedroom flat where you're going to have to be paying council tax and bills when you can get a lovely designer looking room in a shared space where you're with people, other humans, you can touch them, speak to them, listen to them uh, at a fraction of the cost. You You can save some money. I think it's going to be a lot about people trying to reduce their costs. So I do feel HMO rooms are going to be more so desirable than they were before. Uh, That's not to say people can deliver loads of shit. Uh, I'm all for property still. I still think it's, you know, people are actively buying. You just have to look around at the auctions. Auction houses are reporting record numbers, you know, since COVID, since March. The first one I watched was in April and the guys couldn't believe it. You know, they've had their best sales, record sales month on month. So that must be telling you something that people are still very much into buying property it's been an asset class that's been secure for quite a while you know some of the most richest people in this world are, have invested in real estate or bricks and mortar it just seems to be an asset that carries on growing and you know it's seen it's gone through some bad times and you know it's always recovered
0: interesting interesting i think yeah i, I totally see what you're saying i think some of the changes that may affect us are that People are gonna want more outdoor space when you you know, buy to let's mm-hmm. the gonna want more yep. communal space. Maybe even like a co-working space in the HMO. Like if you're doing like a five bed, maybe you need to put desks
1: and power units and all that kind of stuff in and make it like a proper little working area um, i agree with you that's something we've factored in outside space because people you know more and more since covid people want to be outside you know people want to be outside so i have factored that in into my new one and communal spaces laptop spaces like you say all that kind of stuff
0: yeah um i think also oh you're frozen on instagram again there's Oh man, what are my children
1: doing with the internet connection downstairs? Man, I love these. It's fine.
0: You've said your part anyway. Um, so, I think that like with bi I think it's going to kind of carry on business as usual. Except if you have a small garden, then maybe people are going to be less likely to kind of be keen on it. However, the rental demand is still super high, so I don't see it being a huge huge issue. Um, I think that, I think as everyone is saying or noticing, furlough ending in October, November is going to cause some change or some issue, some observation on the market. But also, people aren't going to instantly default on mortgages if they've lost their job and they can't get another job. It's going to take months and months of missed payments, then get repossessed. And also, lenders maybe, probably not, may make exceptions because of Corona or maybe the government will force them not to repossess for a certain period of time or something because of corona, who knows
1: how well things are going to be propped up, you know? Kedge, on that point, something that um uh, really prompted my attention last few weeks is what the ordinary landlord said, Anwar, big him up, he's on this call. And on. He said, No, no, getting your loan to value right down. If you're you know, if your loan to value is right down and you're holding the flipping cards in your hand, what's the bank going to say to you? You know, if you owe less to the bank you you know you're your Billy big bollocks, you're there, they ain't going to tell you to flip in cash your thing in or sell your thing or call your loan back. So that's one thing that's really prompted my attention. And I think moving forward, any profits from all HMOs for the next kind of 10, 15 years, I really want to plow back in and get my LTV right the way down so that when I hit 50, I'm looking at this portfolio thinking, you know what, this looks nice now. I'm in a very, very strong position. And I keep saying it, and he's done it, and he's in a great position. We were having a brief conversation last night, you know, to be in a position where you're 40 and your LTV is almost non-existent. Is a great place to be, man. But like he says, it's a 17-year overnight success. There's been a lot of hard graft. There's been a lot of sacrifices gone into it. And I think you can learn a lot from that. You know, we're always taught to refinance, take as much money out as possible. But why not let's flip it up? If you don't need that money, you know, leave it in the property because it's it'd be a damn good pension pot at the end of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, I think, yeah, so the repossession is going to take time. So all these deals and the crash people are talking about – may you know won't happen necessarily in october and it may take even longer than normal if the government support people in this position um there could be a a burst of people being self-employed there could be a burst of people homelessness could increase um Mm -hmm. although again i don't think it will be instant it will take time i think it all depends on how rishi handles things and hey you know we've still got a few months if the economy does pick up because everyone is But I was in the bullring yesterday and Nando's like watching people and yeah, I mean, everyone was wearing a mask just even to walk around pretty much, but it was packed fine. It was mainly like kids from some holidays, but people weren't like not shopping or not spending money. Like the queue for Wagamamas was down the road. The queue for pizza. It was like, it was busy. I guess it was 50% off everywhere, but people are busy. They're shopping. Like it was literally like being in the bullring on a Saturday. Like it was Mm -hmm. rammed. So, you know, if the economy carries on and we, you know, and we can pick it up slightly or whatever, maybe furlough ending won't be as crazy as we think. And maybe some people will be reemployed, maybe quite optimistic, but who knows? I mean, our government are so good, you know, I'm sure they can rescue it and, and do do a good job like they did with coronavirus and stuff. I'm sure they can do the same. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, and I kind of said before, are people should you buy now? Personally, I'm not, I haven't been for five months. I'm not gonna until till my fucking blood pressure comes down, but um, I'm not going to be buying <laughs> <laughs> until until I get a sign that yeah. by the time I refinance it, it can be what I want it to be. And also when everyone stops going fucking crazy, man, what are people oh, don't, doing? Don't,
1: don't, don't get me wrong. When I say I'm continuing to bribe, these were off-market deals that didn't make it to the market that were you know juicy, juicy deals that anybody would have jumped on. I'm not buying anything right now at kind of top money because I'm just seeing dude, I'm seeing stuff in my local area that was listed for X amount of money has come off the market, been relisted by another agent for a hundred grand more. And it's like, what the what is going on, man? This stuff wasn't selling pre-COVID and now there's loads of people after it. What yeah. well, what's happening?
0: Stuff at auction, man. People are just I did a live everyone with D Ludlow, big up D. Um, it's on my IGTV where we spent an hour talking about the market and all the economy and all that kind of stuff. Um, he's a clever guy, man. Clever guy. He's very, yeah, he loves researching the market as well. So, t- changes are afoot. I'm not buying now. And look, if I had an off market, juicy deal like James did, would I buy it? <sighs> I would consider it, but it would have to be, you know, 15% less than I would have bought it for pre-COVID because I'm preempting
1: a you know, 15% drop just to be really conservative. Um, yeah, mine's yeah. actually going through planning at the moment with a planning uplift, like adding extra rooms on it. So I'm actually going to assess the market when the planning comes through and think to myself, mm-hmm. you know what, if mm-hmm. I can make some money on this and sell it to a different investor and make you know, 70, 80 grand on it just for a paper exercise, I might just do that. Well, you've done it before, so why not? So everyone, we
0: are at the end of the property duo. Sorry for people who like uh, even numbers. We are ending on 19. Um, it's been a good ride, you know. We've had good times. We've had good times. We've had good times. Good times. Yeah, yeah. Um, so look out for what's happening with us. Our five-day property duo go live experience um, is
1: actually
0: going <laughs> to be starting in two to three weeks we're just speaking to people who've already booked on to confirm dates with them um and we're
1: really and just as a point that. it is a payable thing so if people like we've had people reach out to us and say yeah i want to join it and then when you send them information that is a cost involved. they are like what that like, like you yep. didn't know there would be you have to pay for value sometimes yeah sometimes
0: Um, so yeah let us know if you're interested in that learning with us live um, it's a one-off there's no upsell we don't do mentorship like monthly duo we don't like it's just one event that's it Um, we'll we'll show you how education can actually be good so get in touch with us for that Um, any business inquiries you can send them to me or James if you want us to speak at your events you want us to model uh, for you Um, fitness modeling will probably suit us best I think Um, but we're awesome. available
1: for stand-up comedy as well
0: that we are too as well but keep an eye out people for what we might be doing in the future Always oh, some property duo events thank you everyone james i think we're very grateful aren't we, to
1: everyone who's joined we us are yeah and listen really emotional it's been lovely really enjoyed reaching out to people made some great friends great connections definitely so, yeah, thank you
0: and everyone listening on the podcast please leave us both a review independently and go listen to our podcast we post lots of good stuff every single week Um, and uh, thank you very much for being part of the Property Duo community. Thank you once again. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the J2 Hub podcast with James Sahota. If you like the podcast, feel free to subscribe so you never miss another podcast from James. And if you got value from this podcast, do take the time to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you consume your podcast content from. And remember, you're never too late to become something you truly want to become.